Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, Lord God, that we might get to know you more. Amen. I'm telling you what, I'm on a quest. I've been, as I've been spending time with the Lord as we've gotten back from Europe, and I saw such a hunger there, and I saw every town and every village we went in, the highest place in those villages, there would be a, a big church built with a, a spire, a steeple just going up, and you could see it before you ever got to the town. But then we find we're in one of the nations, one of the most uh, atheistic nations in Europe, but yet they're so filled with church buildings, beautiful church buildings. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, there used to be a fire here. He said, I used to be so welcome here, but they've been so dry. They, their generation has gone by, this young generation, they want to know me. And man, as we began to share about the Lord with them, they were so hungry and thirsty and as we shared with you, there was one session went seven hours. And at the end of the seven hours, at the back of the line, the young people preferred the older people. And they, they were there in line, waited for uh, up to that uh, length of time for personal ministry. And they had hot food across the street. But those teens and those 20-year-olds didn't run over there. They said, there's something more we need than food. We've been eating food for generations, but our land is dying. They said, we are dying. We need God. We need to hear God. And I said, you know what? When I came back over, flying over, I said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a, per, a personal. This is a personal calling on my life that we're not going to let America follow because we're to learn from history. If we don't learn from history, we will repeat history. And I'm, not, I'm telling you what, and, and I can't be a part of all the churches in America, but I tell you what, I can be a part of Christian Embassy in your life, and we're not going to get dry, and we're not going to get dead, and we're not going to get religious, and we're not going to get in politics, and we're not going to get in all this religious stuff that causes the body of Christ to just dry up. We're going to say, welcome Holy Spirit, and we're going to say, lead us Holy Spirit. Let the power of the Holy Spirit guide us and direct us because church politics is uglier than the secular politics that you see on the news. I'm telling you what, we're not going to get caught up in that. We're not going to fight like John and uh, James and John fighting to see who is going to be the greatest. Jesus said, if you're going to be the greatest, you got to put on the towel and you got to take the basin and you got to wash some feet because you got to serve. We're going to serve our generation. Amen. We're, God, we're, God put us here for a reason, and, and we've got a purpose, and we need to live up to it. So I'm going to help you discover that and define it, but we're going to have fun doing it. We're not going to get so serious that we, we lose having fun because, you know, the Bible says laughter doeth the heart good like a medicine. And some of you, you need your heart to be healed, and uh, maybe a little laughter would help you out. And it was like a strangest uh, prayer request I got this week. A gentleman called me and he said, uh, this is a joke now, so I'm just adding it personal to make it sound like it was real. Some, some people say, ah, oh, you are lying in the pulpit. I'll just go ahead and give that disclaimer. The gentleman called me and he said, uh, you know, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. I've got this terrible, terrible headache. I said, well, God can heal your headache. That's an easy one. I've seen more headaches healed than any. He said, well, I'm telling you what, I've got some more problems too, uh, and, and that's how I got the headache. And I said, well, how did you get your headache? And he said, well, I was eating breakfast. And my wife walked in and bam, lights went out. And a little bit later I woke up and I saw she was standing over me with a frying pan. She'd hit me in the head. And I said, woman, what in the world are you doing? You hit me in the head. She said, I found this piece of paper in your pocket. Sudime, her name Sudime is written on here. Who is this Sudime? Oh, honey, that's just a horse I was betting on. Uh, that's nothing serious. It's just a horse and I actually won a little money on it. She says, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. 
So the next day he said, I got up and I was in there eating breakfast and again, the lights went out. And when I woke up, she was over me with the pot, that frying pan again, and I said, woman, what have you hit me a second time for? He said, your horse just called. <laughs> your horse just called. Okay, for you who didn't get that, it's, it's not supposed to be funny, but I thought it was cute. It has no spiritual significance at all other than men be faithful to your wife or you deserve a headache. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> well, have you ever walked in the middle of a conversation and all of a sudden it just got real quiet and you had the sense that the two people had been arguing? Kind of like this picture here, you just walk in there and, you know, they're supposed to be this happily married couple, but they're kind of sitting on the opposite ends. You're like, awkward, you know, I've walked in on something and the air is so thick, you feel like you could cut it with a knife. You ever heard that saying before? And, uh, well, what it is, is there ha you, know, you can come into different environments uh, where there's an atmosphere, and if there's arguing and a lot of problems going on, you can sense that. And uh, you can sense uh, when things are troubled, when things, there's a fear. You can sense this, and they say even animals can sense it as well. So... Um, those are environments and atmospheres that are uncomfortable and, uh, and they are real. Uh, when you enter into a negative atmosphere, it, it really zaps your energy and it, and it zaps your creativity and it really is against who you were created to be. Some people live in a negative atmosphere and it, their life is pretty, pretty negative and quite miserable in their circumstances. I'm here to tell you tonight, God is a God of atmosphere. And uh, just look at the earth. Look at here how God created the earth. Man, he's given all these atmospheres. There's the uh, exosphere and the thermosphere and the mesosphere and the stratosphere and the troposphere. And shows you in this here where your jets get up into the stratosphere, our air balloons and planes would get into the uh, troposphere. We get uh, into the thermosphere. That's where we would have satellite dish and stuff like that. So God is a God who has set up atmosphere. This is his created, creative, creative order. If you plant a tree and give it the right atmosphere, it will prosper. But uh, give it a drought atmosphere and it's going to dry up. Look at this comparison here. Uh, you got this tree and if you give it the drought and, and you give it no rain and heat and all of that, you will find that that tree cannot live. But you give it sunshine and you give it water, it's going to thrive because atmosphere matters. Let's say you take a lemon tree. How many of you like lemonade? How many of you like lemons? Okay, beautiful lemons. Down in Florida, they got the lemon trees everywhere. Well, if you were to take a lemon tree, it's a healthy tree created by God to produce lemons. You were to take that seed or you were to take a plant and it's its divine destiny to produce lemons. That's what it was created for. Nobody, you don't go to a factory and find where they created a lemon seed. All of that was created by God as he created the trees and then he gave them seed bearing so that they could reproduce because God is a God who wants re reproduction and growth and to fill the earth. But if you take that lemon seed that by God from its original design was created to produce lemons and in its, in its DNA is the, the everything needed to produce lemons and we were to take it up to Maine and plant it, we would find that it would not grow and it would not produce lemons. There's nothing wrong with the seed. 
It's the same seed. It has the same God design as it had if you were down in Florida, but you put it in the wrong atmosphere, it's not going to produce what God created it to produce. It's not in its uh, uh, creative atmosphere that God has for it. Uh, you know, I, I think of that when I think of the Word of God. Jesus said, the Word is like a seed. And he said, the farmer goes out and sows the seed. He's sowing the Word of God. So here we have this powerful Word. He sent His Word and healed our diseases. He has sent His Word. He watches over His Word to accomplish that which He sent it to do. It is a double-edged sword, the Bible says, and that means it will not return to God void that if we will uh, speak God's Word that God has already spoken, speak it back to Him, it won't return void and it will produce that which it was sent to do. We have a miracle in our hand. It's why there's no other reason that this is the best-selling book of all time and there will never be a greater seller, best-seller than the Bible because the Bible is unlike any book in all of the world. It is a lie. The Bible says it is a lie. It is, it is, it is valid. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It is, when it's double-spoken, it will bring forth that which it was sent to do. It is powerful, and we must know that. But Jesus said, my word is like a seed. Now, we know if we put the seed of anything God creates in the wrong atmosphere, even though it has God's creative order and design in it, it will not produce what God created it to do if it's in the wrong atmosphere. Get it into a healthy atmosphere and it will produce. Jesus gave us these four examples even in his teaching of the farmer sowing the seed, which is the word of God. And the first place he said seed went on the wayside or the hard soil and it did not even penetrate. It was an atmosphere of, of, of like a, a desert, an atmosphere of a hard soil, an atmosphere of non-acceptance. And because the seed did not go into the ground, the birds of the air, which Jesus later says is the enemy, came in and stole the seed. The birds know that if you keep the seed, one might accidentally grow, and they're afraid of what the seed is going to bring. So the enemy comes and steals the seed. He steals the word from us. But if there's another atmosphere that was uh, vines and there was briars and there was weeds growing and the seed fell in there, and the Bible says the seed struggled for there was a semblance of an atmosphere that might could give it life, but there was other things in that atmosphere that was drawing on it, that was stealing from the seed, that the soil was preoccupied, and because of that, the seed could never grow and mature and produce. Now we think of that as we take on the Word of God. Is there things in our life that are, that are pre-existing in our lives, that are, our lives are preoccupied and other things are more important than the Word of God? It will draw the strength uh, of the environment and change the environment so that the seed of God, the promises of God, the miracles of God will not produce in our life. Then Jesus said some of the seed fell on rocky soil, and when it fell on the rocky soil, it went in and there was this thin layer of rich soil, but everything else was rocks underneath, and there was nowhere for the roots to go. And then when the sun came out, and it scorched the plants, and they shriveled up and died. 
Now, I'm telling you, we could preach a sermon on that, couldn't we? You ever met folks that are thin veneer Christians, thin veneer, got it all together, thin veneer, talking Jesus in front of you, but not living like Jesus behind your back? Okay, and uh, the Bible says if you're not rooted and, and grounded in what God says, that, that when the challenges of life come, you're going to show your true colors. You're going to show your... And, and I'm glad that the trials of life shows the true colors, so then we know who we're really dealing with. But then he said there's good soil. There's an atmosphere that is so good that the seed is going to produce, in some atmospheres, 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold because of the atmosphere. Atmosphere matters. And you and I being created in the image of God, He has given us the responsibility that we can shift and the atmosphere and things into the right atmosphere and we can be a part of setting up the right atmosphere. So we have a responsibility in that. If we work really hard, rather than creating a negative atmosphere, because let me tell you what, left unchecked, we all can create a negative attitude. We can have, all of us can create a negative atmosphere. Come on, some, just go ahead and confess it. Say, yes, Lord Jesus, heal me, forgive me, set me free. Because all of us got some attitude in us. All of us can make the room so thick that it feels like you could cut the air with a knife at times. But if we can make a bad attitude uh, uh, give us a bad atmosphere, then I think uh, we could have a good attitude that could set a good atmosphere. I wonder uh, what it would be like if we all begin to work hard to create a positive attitude, uh, uh, to have a positive attitude and to create a positive atmosphere. In fact, uh, I, I wonder what would happen if all of us were to get together and say, you know, for Christian embassy, we're not going to become a steeple in the sky, but when people come in, we're just a museum that they can come in and look at what used to happen, how God used to move, how God used to speak to His people, and seeing the people live in hopelessness like we see in some places around the world. What if we were to say, we're going to work hard, and we're going to join Pastor Tim, but most importantly, we're going to join Father God, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and we are going to do our part to work hard to bring forth an atmosphere that will help every person that is called of God, that this church can touch their lives, come and produce a beautiful harvest unto the glory of God. And I believe if you would roll up your sleeves and join me, then we could say at least, we don't know what's happening down the street, that's really out of our uh, purview, but we have a responsibility for here at Christian Embassy that we're going to keep an atmosphere of faith in this house. We're going to keep an atmosphere of joy in this house. We're going to keep an atmosphere of victory in this house. We're going to keep an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is moving and ministering and speaking to people and touching lives and healing and delivering and raising up another generation to serve the Lord with gladness. Would you join with me and do that? I speak to our Wednesday night crowd because you are here on a midweek. You are saying it is important to study the Word of God. It is important to keep the house of God awake and alive and, and open. And here you are. And I'm, I'm speaking to you one-on-one -on -one as mature men and women of God. And I'm asking you, let's join together and let's begin to shift the atmosphere. Let us work hard to create an atmosphere of faith 
in Christian embassy in such a way that the hurting and the lost and those that are disparaged and those that are discouraged and those that are living life on don't know what to do, don't know what the answer is, that they would hear by the power of God, they would hear that there is still a God moving and ministering in and through the work at Christian embassy. Hallelujah. I encourage you. I know some churches, they'll say no cell phones. They're like the movie. They're telling you you're going to get kicked out if you uh, use a phone or a device in their house. I want to encourage you. Every time you come up on this property to open up your phone, to sit here right now, to open it up. And if you've got a Facebook account, go to your Facebook and check in that you're at Christian Embassy. Did you know the more activity you put on social media in a positive way is going to get the positive message out to people that are hurting, people that are uh, discouraged, people that are despondent, that you never know who's going to see it. Here you've checked in at Christian Embassy and you're expecting miracles. Or I'm checked in at Christian Embassy and I'm going to dance for the Lord. I'm checked in at Christian Embassy. I can't wait for the silly joke Pastor Tim's going to tell. I'm checked in. Just, just check in, check in. And uh, whatever device you have, take pictures and show them on Instagram. Show them on uh, uh, Pinterest. I reckon you could even do them on Pinterest. But let, let's let the world out there know that there's just not a, an empty building with a steeple standing in the sky uh, in this community, but there's doors open to a house of God where the Spirit of God is welcome, where God is still moving and ministering and touching lives and changing lives so that you and I can be a part of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those that are around us. Let's roll up our sleeves and work hard to create an atmosphere of faith. Because uh, I believe, and actually it's not just what I believe, I know that we can because the Bible says that we can. So what I want to talk to you about this evening is creating an atmosphere of faith. Creating this atmosphere of faith. We've got some work to do. Thank God we are a church of faith. We are a people of faith. But we need to work together in creating an atmosphere of faith. I want to share a biblical example with you as we get into this in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 and following. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Talking about Jesus here. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And here's Jesus preaching the word to them. And they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. I pray that the word would get out that people would not only on Tuesdays for our healing rooms start bringing the sick into the house, but people would start coming here on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning, 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock, expecting a miracle, expecting a miracle. I want us to be a people of expectancy, amen? Because here they are bringing this paralytic to Jesus, carried by these four men, and when they could no longer come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus responded when the atmosphere changed. The people were in there. They were listening to him. The room was packed. 
The Bible tells us there were many of those listening to him that were listening to find him in error so that they could charge him with something. They were not there with an atmosphere of faith. They were not there to receive the teaching of the Word of God. They were there to find fault. They were there to criticize Jesus. But here, these four men who dug through the roof to get this paralytic to Jesus, when Jesus saw the atmosphere change because of what these four men were bringing in, he saw their faith, and because of their faith, miracles started to manifest. And I believe that's a pattern for today, that when we come together and we create an atmosphere of faith, we see the miracle power of God begin to manifest. I know there are some of you sitting here even now, some of you are tuned in on the internet, some of you are tuned in to Facebook Live, some of you will be listening to this on the radio, and you have problems in your life. You have, you have pain in your life. You have sickness in your life. You have areas where you need a miracle. And I'm here to tell you our God is a miracle-working God. And He responds to faith. We see it right here. When He saw their faith, He, he told the man, your sins are forgiven you. Then some of the scribes who were sitting and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, Take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. I say prophetically over this house as we work together as brothers and sisters and we roll up our sleeves and we're going to say, we're going to make it intentional that we are going to create an atmosphere of faith when we gather together, that we know when we gather together that if there is any lameness in any area of anybody's life, that we're going to see the miracle manifest of God and we're going to have folks walking out of this house glorifying God, saying they've never seen anything like this before. I receive it as I even speak it over this house. See, it is so vital that you and I understand that we have a role, we have a responsibility to create an atmosphere of faith here at Christian Embassy. It is not God's job to create an atmosphere of faith. It is not the pastor's job only. It's not in my job description to create an atmosphere of faith. It is not the praise and worship team's job to create an atmosphere of faith. It is all of us, we should all be, it should be our commitment that we're going to come in and create an atmosphere of faith. If we're going to be here an hour and a half, it's going to be an open heaven. We're going to close the gates of hell and we're going to open the gates of heaven and we're going to get some divine exchange in this next hour, hour and a half. Hallelujah. 
That should be our intention. That should be our purpose. That should be our destiny. When we drive up on this property, we should get out on with marching orders that we are here to enter his gates with thanksgiving and to enter his courts with praise and we're going to see Jesus respond by raising up the paralytic or whoever needs the power of God manifest in their life Hallelujah. And we can bring our family, we can bring our friends, we can bring a stranger who needs something from God, whether forgiveness of sin and salvation or healing in their body, and we will gladly bring them into the house of God knowing that they're going to have an encounter with Jesus. Hallelujah. So we must understand it is our role, it is our responsibility to create an atmosphere of faith. And the reason being is God tells us so plainly in his word that he responds to our faith. God says, I respond to your faith. In fact, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we can get in here and go through our rigmarole and just do it all in the name of Jesus, but it just be that which we do just to ease our conscience or whatever to do our religious thing, and it will not be pleasing to God. Please go back to number one, because God responds to our faith. We see in Hebrews 11 and 6, he res uh, without faith, we cannot please him. Matthew 21 and verse 22 and Mark 11 and 24, but two of the many verses that teach us that when we pray, we are to pray and to believe to receive. And when we pray, believing that we receive the prayer of faith, God said he would give us whatever we pray for. Let me tell you what, we need to get focused on building up our faith. We need to get focused on getting together and getting an exponential activation on our faith. We should prioritize faith over anything else because without faith, you can't please God. Without faith, you're not going to see your prayers answered. Faith is a very, very important aspect of our Christian walk. And here we're saying today that we need to come together to create this atmosphere of faith. The Bible says if we ask anything in faith, we shall receive it. How many of you are ready to start seeing your prayers answered? You know, I mean, I mean, seriously, you're ready to start seeing your prayers answered. Well, let me tell you what, if your prayers aren't being answered and my prayers aren't being answered, there's, there's a, a lacking of faith there. And I'm telling you what, I'm not going to give up on it and let this church become an empty sanctuary or an empty cathedral where people can come in and look at it as a museum like we saw over in Europe. No! They somehow or another gave up on faith. But we are encouraged as we spent these days there. We saw the next generation that is coming up says, we want God and we want his Holy Spirit. And we want you to teach us how can we come back to God. We don't want to keep going down the same rut and the same routine that is leading uh, uh, our, the generation before us into the dryness. We want the water. We want the well. We want the, the, our thirst to be quenched and we know there is a God. Hallelujah. 
Well, while they're hungering and thirsting, I'm saying, you know what? If we're going to be able to help them, we got to definitely be in the position where we're helping ourselves, right? We cannot be just one generation back from where they are today and saying, here we are just because uh, we're in America, we got it all together. Let me tell you what, God doesn't respond to your citizenship. God doesn't respond to your friendship. God responds to faith. And you and I need to get our focus on building up, learning about, exercising and walking and using our faith because nothing else is going to please God. Another reason we must uh, uh, build up our faith is because without faith, everything we do in church, the church life, is empty. Everything we do for God is empty. I don't know about you, but I've been a part of some, uh, you know, help me Lord, because I hate to talk about it, but I was a part of a church for 17 years. I was there every Sunday, except during the summer when we were out of town. And I'm telling you what, I was hungry. I was a young man dying inside. And, and nothing seemed to come across. Nothing from the people, nothing. It was just like a, a club that got together. I don't know what they were missing, but I knew it was something. Well, let me tell you what, we visited a church and it was a church that said, you know what, we are a people of faith. And if God wants us to exercise faith and walk in faith, we're going to walk in faith and we're going to believe God, but we need His power. So they were unashamed to say, we need Holy Ghost power. We need Holy Ghost God. If Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued on high from, from on high with power, then we need the power of God. And these folks, I'm telling you what, they were so in love with God. They were hearing from God. They were experiencing the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. And I witnessed that and I told my mom, they've got something we don't have. I didn't know the details at the time, but let me tell you what, after that suicide attempt, and I told my mom, I've got to have help. We've got to go. We've got to go. I've got to go to another church. She went to that church. And when we went back there, let me tell you what, I, God began to speak to me. And God began to give me instructions and God began to touch my life and God began to fill me with His Spirit and my faith journey began at 17 and it's only gotten better and better and stronger and greater. Uh, now I'm 53 and I feel like I'm just starting. It's just, I mean, it's just layer after layer after layer after layer. God is good, hallelujah. Without faith, everything we do for God is empty. We look at this, uh, Matthew 13, verse 53. It says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from them. And when he had come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother James or Joseph or Simon or Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get, get all these things? So they were offended at him. Now that word offend in the Greek is skandalios, and it means in part to be tripped up. That they were tripped up over him. They were offended at him. They tripped up because he was just common. This is just Jesus, isn't this carpenter's son? We know his brothers, we know his sisters. He's the, just a dude here. This is just the norm, the common, and that tripped them up. So Jesus went on to say to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Look at the next scripture, if you would. 
But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not, look, he did not, he did not, we need to get that, he did not do, now he just left from doing mighty works where there was an atmosphere of four faith men who got together to bring a paralytic to Jesus, even though Jesus is surrounded by critics and surrounded by those that are ready to bring charges against him, here the atmosphere changed when those four faith friends opened up that roof and said, we're going to get our paralytic friend to Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith and responded. He's doing mighty works. Now he comes to his hometown and now it says, he says, a prophet is without honor except in his own country, in his own house. And he did not do mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. I'm here to tell you, we see this example where we could just be, and this we could bring in today, where we just go to church and we just go and it's a common thing. This is just another Wednesday night. Actually, it's a little different. Y'all had taco night, I hear. Okay, and I wish I'd have got some tacos, but then I would probably be doing other syllables up here, and that wouldn't be good. So I got to wait till afterwards to eat my taco. But, you know, and if you don't believe me, try eating a belly full of tacos and then preaching up here. I'll give you the opportunity to try it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, you, you can't look at a church as just a common thing. And, and I'm telling you, we all have the tendency to do this. Well, it's another Wednesday night. Well, let's go to church. Are we going to church? No, who's going to talk me out of going to church? I really want to stay home. Oh, man, you're talking me into going to church. Well, I hope it don't last long, and maybe we can get in there and get out of there quickly. You know, uh, the church just becomes a common thing uh, to us Christians here in America. And if so, we'll come sporadically uh, just so we can say, yeah, I go to church if anybody were to ask us. Or if it's common to us, we'll go reluctantly and uh, let's just go ahead and get this thing over. It's like taking a shot. And you go ahead, stick me, hurry, get it over with so I can get out of here. Or if church is just common to us, we just go socially and we're here just to see our friends and to talk to somebody and then, then we're off, off into the rest of our week. Uh, we can sing songs and unless we sing in faith, believing that our worship is touching the heart of God and God is ready to respond to us, let me tell you what, if we're not going to sing like that, you just as well be singing in the shower and making the dogs howl at your house, okay? If you're not singing and worshiping God in faith. When we pray, if we don't pray in faith, we're just mouthing empty words. We just sound like a religious, uh, repetitious talker, okay, a talking head. But, uh, when we give our offerings, if you're just giving just to satisfy uh, your own desire to support a local church or you're just trying to say, okay, God, I, I don't want you to think I'm a bad person, so I'm, I'll tip you, I'll tip you 20 bucks or whatever. Let me tell you why. You, you, God doesn't need your money. Worship, when God, God looks at us giving, he looks at it as worship. And he says, I'm a God of covenant. And I want you to believe the covenant. I want to see if you believe the covenant. That's why I rejoice with you every time they say it's time to worship God with the giving of our tithes and offerings. You all clap because Paul said God loves a cheerful giver because a cheerful giver understands the covenant. We're in covenant with God. We're not buying God. We're not trying to in any way tip God. We know that if we bring the tithe and we bring offerings into his storehouse, he says we're in covenant. I'm going to rebuke the devourer. 
I will fight for you. The enemy is out to steal from you. The enemy is out to make it hard for you. The enemy is out to bring you into a bad atmosphere where your lemon trees won't grow. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to kill your life. He said, but I'm in covenant with you, but I need you to be in covenant with me. So I'm going to give you things to do because covenant is an if and then uh, entity. So I'm going to do my part if you do your part. So I'm going to give you something to do. He says that we're in covenant for salvation. If you will believe that I raised my son Jesus from the dead, and if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, I'll save you. So that's covenant. Now if you say, well, he's going to save me regardless. He didn't say that. He says, you must believe in your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead. You must confess with your mouth that he is your Lord. Now, if you don't believe me, read Romans 10, 9 and 10. It's right there spelled out in great detail. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. So, so we, there's covenant. We have a part to do. And God says, I'm ready to, re, to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. I'm ready to fight off the lions and the, and the wolves and the uh, hyenas of, of hell that want to come in and rob from you and steal from you and destroy you. He says, but I've given you covenant. And he says, if you'll bring your tithe and the offerings into my storehouse, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he says, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you that you cannot contain. Let me tell you what, that's covenant. But if you're not giving in faith, you're just basically just tipping and throwing money away. You no more than you tipped the waiter today $20, and, and that's gone. Maybe it'll be a blessing to him. Maybe the $20 you put in will be a blessing to our widows or be a blessing to our orphans or be a blessing. But if you want to engage in the covenant of the supernatural hand of God working in your favor, not only in your finances, he, he's got covenant in every arena of life. Hallelujah. So I don't know about you, but I want to get in faith. I want to sing in faith. I want to worship in faith. I want to come to church in faith. And when I give, I want to give in faith, believing God uh, and His Word, taking Him at His Word, that He's going to open the windows of heaven. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you from 17 years old to this day, I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. God will take care of His own. God will give you more than you deserve. I'm at a place today I don't deserve it. I'm at a place today I didn't work hard enough to get there, but I'm in covenant with a supernatural God that if you'll open the roof, you can find that the faith act will get the response of God to move on your behalf. Did you know that God has given us the responsibility for creating an atmosphere of faith? You can say, well, I came into your, your church, God, and I don't feel you moving. Let me tell you what, he responds to faith. So this thing that, God, if you move, if you move, then I'll move with you. You got it backwards. That we're with a covenant God. He says, I want to see that you believe me. I want you to see you take my word. I said, enter into my gates with thanksgiving. I, you were complaining all the way in here. You were whining all the way in here. I told you to enter into my courts with praise and you won't even stand up and sing. You won't even lift up your hands. You won't even dance. You won't even let your breath that I gave you, the breath I gave you in your lungs, you won't even let it be exhaled with praise unto me in a, in a setting where we're to praise God. He's like, wow, you're waiting, you're waiting on me. He's like, I'm waiting on you. We have a responsibility. And, and, and that is what these men did when they took their friend to Jesus.
And, and some people think it's up to God. And I know that when you think that, you're sincere. But I have to re respectively submit that you're biblically wrong. It is not up to God. It is up to us. It is up to us. It is up to us. God did not abandon Europe. The religious institutions abandoned God. They abandoned faith. Now there's a generation rising up that says we want to come back and embrace. And you know what? The revivals are breaking out. The miracles are happening. That's why you can go in third world countries where they don't have other things to lean on. And there's only God. You see the blind eyes open just like that. You see the deaf hear just like that. You see the dumb talk just like that. You see the lame and the lepers heal just like that. Because they don't have all these other crutches that they can lean on. I'm telling you what, I don't want to have everything pulled out from my life to where I'm down to nothing before I'll look up to God. I want to understand I'm in covenant with God now. He loves me now. And I, I can activate the covenant at any time. It is my responsibility. So I want to give you several uh, ways we can create an atmosphere of faith in the church. And the first one is we can create an atmosphere of faith in the church uh, and it should start before you get to church. It should start before you get here. Like one man said, do you wake up and say, good morning, Lord? Or do you wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning. You know, how do you start your day? Now, every day when you wake up, you got a challenge and you got a choice. Every one of us. And what I've chosen to do, and it took discipline. It doesn't happen overnight. And it took someone encouraging me. And now I'm here to encourage you. But I get up every day, no matter what the first thought is, I take it into control and I bring that thought into the obedience of Jesus Christ because the weapons of my warfare are not uh, carnal, but they're mighty through God to pulling down every stronghold and every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So I exercise first thing and, uh, and I get up and I say, I am getting up in expectancy. I am expecting God. I'm expecting you, God, to do amazing things today. I'm believing you, Lord, to open the doors for me that I can't open. I'm believing you to order my steps. God, I'm trusting God. You, I'm trusting you for provision. I'm trusting you for health in my body. I'm trusting you for protection over my family, even if they do go and bump up bear on bears on High 17, Highway 17. You know, when I got the news, it wasn't shaking a bit. I said, the bear, I call this car now a bear a bruiser. Okay, and uh, the bear kept running and said, what was that? And my sons came home uh, protected and whole because let me tell you what, I, I wasn't worried. The devil can't get to them. He might send a bear there and to get a little bump to remind them that there is a warfare going on. But let me tell you what, God is a God of covenant. So I wake up every day. I remind myself of my covenants with God and I'm a covenant keeper and I'm going to walk in covenant. So I've got to take authority over myself. So when I get up, I begin to create an atmosphere of faith. And uh, you, you can help you can help create an atmosphere of faith as well as these four friends did. Now, I've got the scripture up here in Psalms 100, verse 4. It said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Now, now if you're going to enter with something, you're not waiting for something to show up. Now, enough of the days when we get in here and say, if the band can, if the praise team can get it just right, if the, if the announcer can get it just right, if the intercessor that's praying can get it just right, 
and they can get the, the uh, Holy Ghost goosebumps moving on my arms, then I'll know the Lord is in here. No, he says we are to enter with something, not wait until we get here in order to wish it to show up. So we enter in with thanksgiving. We enter in with praise. So, so it doesn't matter what the sermon text is. It doesn't matter what songs we sing. It doesn't even matter what folks are present. Do you know that? Jesus was surrounded by those Pharisees and those that wanted to criticize him. But yet, even with that folks around him, when faith came in, he responded with a miracle manifest. Hallelujah. So you and I can enter in with thanksgiving and with praise. And what we need to bring into the house of God is faith. We need to come in here with expectancy. We should come in here expecting to see people saved. We're not going to see people saved if we don't bring the lost in. You know, some people say, well, pastor, you know, you hadn't gotten anybody saved in this service. Well, is anybody in here not saved? You say, well, I raise hands. If everybody in here is giving your heart and life to Jesus, everybody raise their hand. We got to start bringing the lost to church. We got to start bringing folks in that need God, that maybe have strayed off from God so that we can see that. But we come in here expecting to see the supernatural manifest of God in whatever need is present. Hallelujah. So we are to start before you get to church. Don't wait till pastor gets preaching and getting you, you know, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if the only words you're going to ever hear is pastor preaching, then your faith is never going to come up because you're waiting for pastor to preach. Get up and get into word yourself. There's Bible lamps and there's all kinds of stuff now. There's no reason. They'll even read the Bible to you. Let me tell you what, you need to get the word, get your faith up, and you need to be ready when you come into the house of God to be used of God to do great things. And then secondly, you need to create an atmosphere of faith when you get to church. Get involved when you get to church. Now, if you already activated your faith and you're ready and expecting and you're declaring and you're prophesying and you're decreeing and you're, you're excited about it and you walk in here with praise and you bring with you some thanksgiving and you bring with you some praise, you're changing the atmosphere. Amen? And as we all do that, guess what? Now we need to get involved because the exponential. You came in individually, but if one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand, guess what? Twenty of us can put ten septillion to flight at that exp exponential. Well, guess what? A hundred, two hundred, three hundred of us can do in a service if we'll all come in here and get involved. Let me tell you what, you're going to change the atmosphere of this house. Hallelujah. Now, I've given you some scriptures up there, and let me tell you what they say. Psalms 47 and 1 says, clap your hands. Clap your hands. You should, amen. Hallelujah. You, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't have to uh, be told to clap our hands. We shouldn't have to be uh, the praise team to say, oh, could somebody, oh, could somebody in here give the Lord some praise? We should just automatically be ready to praise Him. Psalms 33 and 3 says, shout for joy. Hallelujah. Psalms 4 and 49, 3 says, praise his name with a dance. Somebody needs to start dancing in this house. Come on now. You need to start dancing in this house. Amen. I love our, our, our banners and our flags and the children getting involved. And yes, let's raise up the next generation. But that don't mean we can sit back in the back and just say, ah, oh, I'm not even going to tap my foot 
because I'm tired. Let me tell you what, this is about a miracle from heaven moment. This is about ushering in the atmosphere of heaven. This is about having an atmosphere of faith. You can sit at home in your recliner and tap your foot. Come on now, we're in the house of God. This is a place where we're believing God for miracles. This is a place where people are on the edge and they need to hear from God and see God move in their life. And you and I can be a part of that by changing the atmosphere. Psalms 47 and 1 says, Shout to God with cries of joy. It goes on, Psalms 134 and 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. There's nothing wrong with lifting up your hands. You go to a rock concert and they're lifting up their hands. I say, what are they lifting up their hands to? I can't understand it. It's like the devil gets more than the church gets because they're believing for maybe they're going to get something sensual or, or, or bad that night. I don't know what they're believing for. But we should believe God for His covenant promises and we should say, God, I'm not ashamed of you. I'm here to lift up my hands and bless you and praise you. Psalms 95 and 1, shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Psalms 96, 7, sing to the Lord, praise His name. Psalms 13 and 6, I will sing to the Lord for He has been good to me. That's what you should do. You should come in here singing. You shouldn't say, oh, Townsend, what are y'all going to sing tonight? Oh, if I like it, I'll sing along. If I don't, you should come in here singing. Hallelujah. Oh, he set me free. He set me free. You should come singing in here. Oh, happy day. Hallelujah. You should come sitting in, uh, singing in here. Uh, let everything, let everything give God the praise. Hallelujah. You should sing. I got an old church choir down in my soul. Yeah. Come on now. We should sing unto the Lord, for He has been good to me. And this is where most of the times we miss it right here. We aren't clapping just to clap our hands, and we aren't shouting just to make a loud noise, and we're not singing just for people to hear the melodious ambience of our angelic voices. Come on now. That's not why we're doing these things. We need to change our mind and change our attitude and know that when we, when we do all these acts of worship in faith, when we do it in faith, God said sing, God said lift your hands, God said clap, God said dance, God said play the instruments, God said these things, okay? When we do them in faith, we be, not only begin to stir up our own spirit, hallelujah, we begin to stir up the spirit of the living God who responds to an atmosphere of faith, where the entire atmosphere of faith begins to arise in the entire congregation, and guess what? It's contagious. It's contagious. That old grumpy one sitting to your right, you say, well, I'm not letting your grump hold me down. Uh, you know, you're not going to be a lump in me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise God. Next thing you know, old grump's going to be praising God too. Come on now, because it's contagious. Or either they'll leave, and if they don't want to be a part of the atmosphere of what God is doing, then we'll pray for them, but we're not going to change everything for them. This is about God. This is about God. Hallelujah. Creating an atmosphere of faith, it starts before we get to church, and it, and it, and it need, means that we should also, once we get here, we're bringing with us thanksgiving. We're bringing with us praise. And now we get involved when we are at church. Hallelujah. And then finally, to create an atmosphere of faith means that we need to take something with us when we leave and share it with others. It means we should share it with others when we leave. What you experience here should not end here. Amen. One of the great tragedies of a born-again believer is our silence. Our silence. 
I worked beside them in a cubicle for 10 years. They're retiring now. And now as they're leaving, I, I hear they're a Christian. I never knew they were a Christian. That silence, that silence. God can move in a mighty way. People can be saved and healed and delivered and set free from drugs and oppression. You name it. And when we leave the house of God and if we remain silent all week, what a tragedy. We should be telling people how good God is. We should be telling people how we expect to see the hand of God miraculously manifest every time we gather at Christian Embassy. And guess what? You think they're going to say, are oh, you crazy? No. They're going to, they're going to follow that. And when challenge comes and when difficulties come, they're going to say, I need to go to their church. I need to go to their church. Oh, I've had a many a Nicodemus come to me at night. And they all want to do it undercover. But they said, you know what? I laughed at you in public. But you know God and I need God. And they want to talk and get my help in private. See, when you share what happens here at Christian Embassy with others, it will create an atmosphere of faith that begins to draw them. It begins to draw them. And it puts an, a certain expectancy in the community. This is how revivals and renewal movements uh, begin. You study revivals and they don't just happen. They don't just, it just all of a sudden one day it happened. No. What I'm sharing with you right here preceded the great revivals and the great moves of God that swept cities and swept nations for the glory of God. I want to be a part of that in my generation. I don't want to just read about that in church history. I want that to happen in our generation because there are millions and billions of people that are living their lives every day without Jesus Christ and without the knowledge of what He could bring into their life and no one will let them know about Him and His mighty works and His church that is alive that they can come and be a part of. In Luke 8, Jesus cast out demons of this man, had demons. And in verse uh, 38, we read that the man who's now in his right mind and he clothed himself, now he wants to stay with Jesus. And Jesus told him in verse 39, he said, No, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the Bible says he went home and he told everyone all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. And guess what? The multitudes began to come even the more seeking after Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want our church to have this atmosphere of faith. I want us to be a house of faith. Not just faith talk, not just faith points, but where we actually activate and use and exercise our faith. And in order for us to create an atmosphere of faith, we got to start before we get here. I pray this Sunday. Oh, I'm praying for miracles this Sunday like we've never seen before. I'm seeing Holy Ghost outpouring. I'm praying for Holy Ghost. I'm expecting Holy Ghost outpouring this Sunday. You want to see the move of God. You want to see the hand of God. You want to see the Spirit of God. I'm praying this Sunday it will be like un uh, historically never before in our church. But it's going to start before you get here you got to get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. 
and I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to be glad in it. And I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and I'm going to enter into his courts with praise. When I drive up on that property, I'm going to get out thanking God. Thank God for my wife. Thank God for my children. Thank God for my health. Thank God. If you only got one eye working, I thank God for the one eye that's working, and I thank God that he's going to heal the second eye. If you only got one ear working, I thank God for the one ear that's working at 40%, but I'm thanking God that he's going to heal that one and give me my hearing back in the other one. I just come in here with thanksgiving, hallelujah. And I begin to praise him. I'm going to begin to praise him. And when you come through the door, you shaking hands, praise God. God is good. And you're waiting. The ushers are going to be in here. that aren't here tonight. They're going to be kind of perplexed. They're like, I'm supposed to be getting a smile on your face, but you're going to put a smile on their face. They're supposed to be welcoming you, but you're going be welcoming them you say this is the day this is the day whoa this is the day glory you grab their hand and you can go ha ha whatever you want to do just 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 let them know I'm expecting something of God and then you come in here and they begin to play that music and you ain't no sitting back down come on you sit down you you dying sitting down did you know it's not healthy to sit down uh, we got the heart doctor in here. He'll tell you, you need to stand up at least every hour. Get that blood to flowing because it's bad for your heart to sit down all the time. It's bad for your digestion to sit down all the time. You wondered why you're so bloated. You sitting there and just eating. Uh, this is a time for some exercise. This is a time to get healthy. And we get to singing. You can stand and you say, it's time to clap. My God likes me to clap my hands. I don't know why, but I'm going to clap my hands. And I'm going to clap them in faith. Hallelujah. And my God likes me to lift my hands. Uh, and if I can lift my hands and clap while they're lifted, man, I really got some skill. Hallelujah. And then he likes some dance. He said, praise me with the dance. Uh, maybe somebody in here has got some moves that you didn't even know you got. And you can just let those moves begin to move. Okay. But let me tell you what. We need, if we've got breath, we need to praise the Lord. So when we get in here, get involved, get involved, get involved. Hallelujah. And then when you leave here, like you're going to leave here tonight, you're going to go start sharing with others. You know why? We got a crazy pastor. He is leading us down a crazy path of faith. This is crazy faith. And why is he calling it crazy faith? Because everybody's going to probably say we're crazy. But when the blinded eyes start opening and the deaf start hearing and the cancer starts shriveling up, and our family starts living, guess what? Everybody's going to pack themselves in here because they're going to want to know, what about that crazy faith? What is it? And we're going to say, we just dug through a dried up old roof and we got down in the midst of a lot of negativity and we brought in our positivity and faith. And when Jesus saw our faith, the man that was on the bed had to get up and walk and carry his bed home. That thing that he had been, uh, had been its master, now he mastered it and carried it home. And we're seeing that at Christian Embassy. We're seeing that in our life. And let me tell you what, if we will share it, you will see salvations and you will see families and you will see divorces that the devil had planned. There's going to be reconciliation. You're going to see lives changed and touched in such a miraculous way. When we create an atmosphere of faith, that's what it takes. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Creating an atmosphere of faith. Can we commit ourselves to God? Not to me, but to God. Will you com commit yourself to God? Maybe you're a visitor tonight. Maybe it's your first time. You think you're here by accident? <laughs> you think our God 
that brings the sun up while you're still asleep, most of you, is, is just by accident let you come here tonight. He wants you to be a part of this. He wants you to be a part of the family here. He wants you to be a part of this, this activation of faith to the next level. Hallelujah. Praise God. So are you willing to commit yourself to God, a God of covenant? Say, God, I want, I want to give you my skill. I don't even know what my skill set is, but I'm giving you my everything to be a part of creating an atmosphere of faith in my family, in my life, and in this church, Lord God, so that you can respond with the greatest revival that Hampton Roads has ever seen. The greatest revival that Hampton Roads has ever seen, a revival that will go forth from this gate of heaven where God had a cross established so that there would be the liberty of heaven operating on earth. That from here, just like the, the civilization went all the way across to the west coast, that the revival that he begins here can sweep this nation and the nations of the earth. And you and I can be a part of it. You and I can be a part of it by creating an atmosphere of faith. Father God, we just stand here tonight and Lord God, I hear your call. I hear your call to bring this word and bring this instruction and bring this challenge here in this church. Lord God, we make a commitment to you tonight. Lord God, that we, we refuse to get into the religious ritual and, and, and the religious politics of life. Lord, cut us free from anything. Sever us and help us be free, Lord God that we might run to you, that we might commit ourselves 100% to create an atmosphere of faith here. Lord God, help us to identify the hindrances and move them out of our life so that we can rise up with a full commitment in in covenant with you. Lord God, that we are men and women of faith. Lord, that we believe you. We believe your word. We believe your promises. We believe you, Holy Ghost, that you are here. We believe you, Jesus, that you did take stripes upon your back for our healing. We believe you, Jesus, that you did shed your blood to wash our sin away, white as snow, to make us the righteousness of God in you, Christ Jesus. We believe, Lord God. We believe your word is true. We believe every promise is true. We believe you want to prosper us. We believe you want to heal us. We believe you want to save us. We believe you want to give us a good life. We believe you want to bless our children and our children's children. We believe that you want to give us strength. We believe that you want to give us wisdom. We believe that you want to make us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Bless coming in and bless going out. We believe. We believe your word. We believe when you said that there is a path of righteousness for your name's sake, that we can walk in that and bring glory and honor to you. We know that we can be sanctified. We know that we can live a holy life. We know that we can live in a way that brings glory and honor and pleasure to you. We know, Lord God, that your mighty right hand is strong and mighty to save and can reach into any circumstance and any situation and lift us up, Lord God, that there's no one in our family, there's no one in our purview that is far enough or fallen down enough that your hand can't reach them and deliver them and raise them up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We believe. 
We believe your word. We believe you, Holy Spirit. We believe you want to live in us. We believe you want to flow through us. We believe you want to speak prophetically through us. We believe you want to heal through us. We believe you want to touch lives through us. We know you want to teach through us. We know you want to serve through us. We know you want to gift us in these areas, Lord God, that we might advance your kingdom. We believe, Lord God. We're creating an atmosphere of faith, God. Not by what we've seen and not by what's behind us, but by what we've read, what we see in your word and you before us. So the cross is before us and the world is behind us. And we're getting in 100%. We're giving you 100%. We know to be lukewarm, God. You said it makes the body sick. The body becomes lethargic. The body becomes passive. Lord, we don't need a passive body of Christ. We don't need a sick body of Christ. We don't need a lethargic body of Christ. We need a body of Christ that will rise up uh, in the strength and the might that you've created us. So we can't be lukewarm. So those who want to be cold, God, uh, we pray for them, but we release them to be cold. But God, I say unto you tonight, uh, as I pray that everyone will say, God, I want to be hot for you. I want to be hot for you. I want to live for you. I want to give you my all. I want to serve you. I want to be used by you. I want your destiny to be fulfilled in and through my life. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I have a responsibility. I have a place in this. I roll up my sleeve, God, and I say, use me, God, to create an atmosphere of faith here on earth so heaven can invade, so heaven can move forward in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you said you're building your church. Here, God, I pray, build your church through me. Build your church through us. Use us here at Christian Embassy, Lord God, to come against the gates of hell and to bring in the very presence of heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. I wish our prayer intercessors would come now, if you would, and make yourself available if there's anybody that needs prayer tonight. Anybody need a miracle in your body tonight? Let's not wait for Sunday. Let's just start right now. Come on, prayer intercessors. You guys have studied the Word. You pray, you intercede, you pray in the Spirit, and you're ready at all times. You're ready at all times. Hallelujah! Instant in season and out of season. If you need prayer, I'm not begging you. I'm not telling you what to do. Break through the roof and get to them right now. Come on up here, and the Bible says that prayer of agreement is powerful. That prayer of agreement will release uh, the bondages and the strongholds that the enemy may have in a certain situation of your life. And these men and women are standing here to agree with you in prayer, to agree with you in faith, and to see heaven, uh, God's will being done from heaven in your life. So if you need prayer, you need healing in your body, you need a, a financials, a, a, a miracle in your finances, miracle in a relationship, maybe you know somebody that needs a healing touch, they couldn't be here tonight. Come on up here and stand in for them and say, I want you to pray with me for whoever that you're lifting up. Just come on, just come on and, 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 and let the, the healing virtue of God flow. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, would you come? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, 
for your healing power. We thank you, Lord. This is the place right here. This is the place for miracles. This is the place for the manifest. This is the place for the turnaround. This is the place for, for the supernatural breakthrough. Hallelujah. Supernatural breakthrough in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let your anointing be upon these intercessors, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus and those that are being prayed for. In the mighty name of Jesus, anoint them, Lord God. In a mighty and powerful way, anoint them, God, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, do a work in them that only you can do. Nobody can take credit for it. Nobody. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Healing right now. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let it be. Let it be right now. Let it be by the power and the grace of God. Let it be by the Spirit of God. Let it be done in the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, your name is above every sickness. Your name is above every cancer. Your name is above every loss. Your name is above every pain. Your name is above every obstacle. Your name is above it all. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we believe. We believe. Yes, God. In the name of Jesus, let it be, let it be in this house tonight, God. Let the breakthrough, let the breakthrough and the breakout begin right now, God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Oh, we thank you, Lord God, that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know your word is true. And we know that we know that we know, Lord, your spirit is here. Hallelujah. And in the name of Jesus, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, let miracles begin to manifest to your glory. In the name of Jesus, let a turnaround anointing touch this place tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Let it begin right now by the power of your mind, by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We know it's not by might. We know it's not by power. But it's by your Spirit, saith the Lord. Lord God, so we're not relying on might tonight. And we're not relying on power tonight. But we're relying on you, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To have your way, God. To move and to minister. Lord, we thank you that we can speak to those mountains. And those mountains have to move, Lord God. Lord, that we would have the faith to exercise that tonight. And speak to the mountains in our life. To be plucked up and to be thrown into the sea. Lord God, that we can move on in your calling on our life. Without this obstacle, Lord God. Lord God, we know if we got but the faith of a mustard seed. Lord, we can say to that mountain, be removed. Lord, let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith grow. Let faith be strengthened. Let faith be undergirded in this house, in our minds, and in our hearts, and in our lives, Lord God, we pray. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, God. Now, God, we pray your favor and your blessings and your protection be upon each and every one. Lord God, as we go out into this evening, as we go out into the remainder of this week, Lord God, and as we prepare ourselves for the first day of the week to come back into this house, bringing those that need you, bringing those that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness and inviting them, Lord God. Until then, Lord God, let your hand be upon us to guide every step that we take. 
Let your wisdom be that which guides us. Lord God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. How about turn to somebody and say, What are you going to say? We normally, huh? God is good. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is.